This is Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and real life. I'm Justin Lewis. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and your host. I had uh, this upcoming episode with Miss Stacy Reason in the can, so to speak, for a long time. This is, uh, in case anybody's interested in a throwback to a pre-COVID world, this episode is most definitely for you. She uh, came in all the way from Germany just for this episode. That is not true. She was uh, in visiting. Stacy is now living in Germany, and uh, she was back uh, on a visit. She stopped by, and we were able to catch up and chat a little bit about how art and mental health collide. So uh, this episode will explore her expertise as a curator. We'll get to know exactly what a curator is and also what a curator is not. And Stacy will talk a little bit about some of the research that she is aware of um, about how art and the appreciation of art impacts one's mental health. So um, relax, enjoy um, some production from a pre-COVID world. But first, I need to let you know that Mapping Healthy Minds is brought to you by Compass Counseling. Uh, Compass Counseling provides counseling services for individuals, couples, uh, and children, people of all ages. We are in office in Paducah, Owensboro, and Henderson. You can also meet with therapists on the World Wide Web uh, in all parts of Kentucky. If you are interested in setting up an appointment in any of those ways, you can find us at compasscounseling.com. Now for my interview with Stacy. I don't have a lot oh, of memories Kiwanis. of the first time that I met people, Kiwanis. but for some reason I have a, a memory of the first time we met. Oh, why? I just remember that we met at Kiwanis, right? We did meet at because Kiwanis. Because you gave that riveting... <laughs> Riveting seasonal affective disorder talk. Yeah. And I feel like that that was like filled with some really, your classic dry humor and no one in, or very little oh. people in the room understood that. I got tons of comments about how funny I was. I After it's over. Being I'm being right totally, <laughs> totally serious. I cannot tell. No, I'm being okay. totally serious. Okay. I've never gotten more comments about how funny I am than after the Kiwanis Club talk <laughs> about seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> Not even like 100% serious. I presentation and make it a stand-up comedy bit like, i've thought and about not it not even change anything i've thought about it <laughs> hundred i've seriously thought about it just go through and like keep my dry yes. humor jokes yes. in there yeah the problem is the expectations in a stand-up comedy mm-hmm. situation are much different than at a Kiwanis club lunch unless you prefaced it by saying like by setting the scene of it being a oh, Kiwanis yeah. luncheon okay. at a church. A <laughs> church basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you like say like, you know, like you just set the scene, like it was a one-eyed play or something, and then you set it. And then so the audience is thinking of like all these like retired slash young business <laughs> Business leaders group in the church basement. After it was over, you came up and put a Geyser Art Center flyer in my hand. (laughs) 
like like you didn't give me the option on whether or not to take it okay but you like put it in my hand and i was like i hate when people do this did you say that at that time, or did, were you just saying that? I don't think you said that. I don't think I said that. Because I feel like we would have had a whole banter about that. I think we probably would have. But, um, yeah, I ended up joining the Yeiser Club. So. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember that you came in and joined very shortly after that. So. And thus began our that's right. <laughs> blossoming partnership. Exactly. Which is why you're here today. Which is why I'm here. Because we are friends and because you were the... Executive director at the Yeiser Art Center and curator, a legit curator, because mm-hmm. we've talked about what a curator is and how that word can be overused before. Yes. Right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't have to go on my soapbox, you remember. I remember, but I think that everyone else would like to hear your soapbox. So please explain <laughs> what a curator is. Well, a curator, the word curator, the term comes from a Latin word. Um, I don't remember what the Latin word is, but curate to curate uh, means to care for something and so early curators were carers of objects so if you think like traditional kind of history museums or you know like large art museums they cared for these objects to sustain culture so when you say curate like you a curated platter of cheese it's not exactly applicable because I mean, I guess some care in in an abstract sense went into preparing a platter of cheese, but it is certainly not having the same gravitas as someone that understands, research, puts some intellectual value as well as their own personal, you know, spin, their personal inter- interpretation based on education and experience into creating some kind of show or something. And so when people say a curated platter of cheese or whatever, I mean, like literally anything, curated podcast list, it's really, (laughs) right. uh, I mean, of course it's, it's kind of like through social development, cultural, social cultural development has had its own meaning, but it's completely different than the original kind of, use of the word and so when people use it so, so it's frivolously like, it's like demean it's like lowering the professional mm-hmm. standard of what you're trained to do basically exactly. so yeah. if, like for me it's like when people say a walk in the woods is therapy I'm like <laughs> like i'm well, not going like, to tell you not to take a walk in the woods yeah. like even as your therapist i may tell you that sometimes <laughs> yeah. But we don't have to call it therapy. Yeah. Like, they can both exist at the same time. Yeah. Right? It can be therapeutic. It can be therapeutic. But but also it doesn't it have therapy. to like replace therapy. Like yeah. you can like both can exist at the same time. It's not yeah. a zero sum situation. Yeah. So that's kinda like the equivalent. Yeah, from I would my, agree with that. It's like lowering the professional standard. <laughs> okay. Well, I would love to know your thoughts on self care. Well and like the kind of self care that's like, you know, it's, it's becoming abundantly obviously to me that you haven't heard our podcast on self-care then. I guess I haven't heard oh. that episode yet. Radio silence. <laughs> Call <laughs> out. Ooh. <laughs> I guess I haven't heard, my, heard mm. your uh, episode on that yet. We have talked about um, how self-care is more like rhythms in your life rather than like treating yourself. Mm-hmm. 
you know like this is sounding familiar but i feel like that i still don't know i I feel like that there's a soapbox you have about it i'm sensing or i I think part of the reason why i enjoy our friendship is because you like my soapbox i do and know how to take them and i can like get on them with you (laughs) and know that it's going to be okay i do i do i genuinely (laughs) do (laughs) yeah so you are an expert in curating art as we have developed here Mm -hmm. i mean relatively speaking i wouldn't say i mean sure you're more qualified than anyone else in this room Agreed on that. Which includes, point. by the way, a eleven child. Yes. <laughs> a child. <laughs> An eleven month a old. A small human. Yes. So, and me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, two children. Um, so let's talk more about how art appreciation can have an impact on mental health. Sure. Um, so just the act of looking at art, especially if it's something that you find pleasing if it's Mm -hmm. something that you would say i like this quantitatively qualitatively um there are some studies about you know cortisone levels dropping the stress uh chemicals dropping Mm -hmm. um and in in group in in, uh what am i saying elevates your mood so all this is happening while you're looking at something that you like right because of the colors because of the shape because it especially if it's it causes a feeling of nostalgia if you can relate to it in some way if it reminds you about something um this is all things that happen within your brain your body your 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 mood your being um Mm -hmm. when you look at something look at something that uh, like artwork um or any kind of creative art that um that you like um and i think even going a step further when you make art whether or not you're an artist quote-unquote, whether or not you've had training to be Mm -hmm. an art, just the act of making art, whether that's painting or a craft or music or dancing, just these creative outlets um, have an even bigger uh, impact on mood, lowering stress levels, creating, um, helping to develop kind of creative problem solving, which, which can give you mental clarity, which can help in your daily life, personal life, professional mm-hmm. life yeah um, it's kind of like far-reaching so right it's, it's a, I'm a big proponent of that yeah I um, was thinking about just personal experience in this and in st. Louis uh, there's a couple of Van Gogh paintings mm-hmm. that are free to the public which is amazing to mm-hmm. me yeah st. Louis has got it going on yeah and so the first time I was there to see these I literally stood there until they made me leave. Like, literally, they were like, hey, man, we're closing the museum. You got to go. And I just remember this feeling, I don't know, openness or just drawn to it. I don't know if appreciation is is not really enough of an emotion that I I don't think that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. Mm And um, so in the moment, it kind of, I don't know if it made me like want to jump up for joy, Mm. like out of like excitement, Mm -hmm. but I guess it did kind of add some quality, add some value to my experience in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly where to go with this question other than have you uh, had experiences similar to that? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
And just seeing you tell that experience, mm -hmm. I can sense that you're even reliving that feeling and it's mm -hmm. also giving you that same pleasurable, a good point. elevated yeah. mood. So it's not just about that one moment, but it's also about how that can impact your you know, you, that memory that you create and how you can carry that forward. Yeah. Um, I, anytime I talk about it, I have that same, like, reliving the experience and kind of visualize myself standing there yeah. in front of the paintings. So. And then somewhere in the world, there's a guy being interviewed on a podcast about a soapbox of why people linger too long in museums. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, tangent. No, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think the most relatable to that, most... Yeah, relatable experience to that that you described is um, more often it happens with music when you hear a song that you love and that yeah. feeling that you just like, sure. like oh man this is my jam and you like turn the mm -hmm. radio up if you're in your car which is like the only time that I listen to music usually mm -hmm. um, and it's just that that overwhelming feeling of just joy um, absolutely that makes me happy especially paintings that um, or not specifically paintings but artwork um, that catches your attention immediately and then you take longer to look at it and it somehow just like sucks you into this kind of universe where it's just you and this object that you're looking at and you're just it's just like I can almost feel my brain like like working like a muscle, just like trying mm. to make all these connections and process what I'm looking at, try to figure out why I like it. And it's all, it's usually because of some kind of uh, depth of field that is creating. I don't know. There's some paintings that just blow, I mean, just blow my mind mm -hmm. when you look at it and you realize this is just a few brushstrokes, especially kind of abstract paintings that are just a few brushstrokes right. and you just are so sucked into it. Yeah. And there's such a feeling of space and depth and place and existence and but at the same time you have no idea why mm -hmm. but it also totally doesn't matter why and i think there's something so cool about art that does that mm -hmm. and i think for me this kind of it's almost like an existential experience like an existential moment that you feel it's kind of similar to like the feeling of deja vu where you're just like oh my gosh i have this weird oh, feeling yeah. i've been here before yeah uh -huh. i've been here before and if you like look at the painting or whatever it is long enough, it's like you can you can make that feeling last longer and longer. Because deja vu is usually something that just it just happens. Yeah. And then when you think about it, it's like that feeling it just passes. You can think about it as much as you want, but then at that point, like that actual feeling, that body feeling is gone. But I I feel that some artwork that really captures me in that way it's like the longer i look at it i can get that feeling to last longer and it's almost like i'm addicted to that feeling and i gotta mm -hmm. get that feeling yeah yeah i think um i liked what you were saying about just kind of letting the feeling take control <laughs> rather than trying to cognitively figure out why you like something yeah i think that is a barrier for for me in the past of experience enjoying the piece as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a poet about poetry and I was like, you know, sometimes I read it and I'm trying to like read it like I would read a book mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. that. Really, you know, as they train us in school, mm -hmm. right? Is to mm -hmm. read, comprehend and regurgitate. Mm -hmm. And um, she gave me the advice uh, to read it as, and just like experience the feeling that comes with it. 
and like put the cognition second and the mm-hmm. feeling first mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. notice how it impacts you mm-hmm. based on reading it. I thought that was great advice and it's changed the way that mm-hmm. uh, I experience art overall, uh, poetry and then also just like you were saying, uh, paintings, the abstract, like if we sit there, especially mm-hmm. an untrained artist and try to figure out what's so great about this abstract piece, then yeah. we're going to limit our selves from being able to emotionally appreciate or enjoy that moment in front of it mm-hmm. this is a really interesting uh, point about poetry and it's, I think is a great explanation or breakdown of practicing a way to just be able to appreciate something for what it is and not having to satisfy that you know kind of figure it out kind of thing yeah, yeah. exactly like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, because I even found myself, I was talking about that with Van Gogh's earlier, figuring out what is it that I like about this so much? And then I was like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so? That sounds so much like a, like, like a, you're reading off of a, a worksheet that, you know, the class goes to a class field trip to the museum. Like, right, yeah. Well, what do you like about it? Well, I don't know. And sometimes you, I think that we get caught up in that part of it because we're so like, like you said, like in school, you're taught to like read Gotta regurgitate, then, yeah. You know, where is the syntax and how does that affect the message and the blah, 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 blah. When it's just like, you don't have to think about all that stuff. Yeah. And there's this other part of art that, I think deals directly with mental health that is just living it and breathing it and experiencing it without all of the, well, I don't get it. And, Uh you know, right. What's so great about this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure as a uh, art museum uh, curator, director, like you've heard all these people come in and say, yeah, I can make that. (laughs) Or like, what's so great about this? Or there's missing You know what's really funny about that moment that, that, Every person I know, and myself included, I'm not saying that I'm better than than this, is this moment where they come in and they see something. They're like, well, I can make that. Right. And then, you know, honestly, to me, just having that, uh, oh, exactly, you could make that too, huh? <laughs> just having that, <laughs> that moment where you say, I could make that, I can make that. And then invariably, that person that said that is going through their mind and they're visualizing themselves and making it because they think they can. Mm. And I think even that itself sparks this kind of like creative dialogue between Mm. them and the art. And so often people will come into an art show, see something that they think is really rudimentary or basic and say, I can make that. And then act like that that is not itself like an... uh, a meaning like that that's not a valid way to look at art too right. and it's like well yeah. you are doing something that is more elevated than you think because now you're having this like personal experience with this work of art that you're thinking about how it was made why it was made and i mean that itself is is a way to experience art and sure. i think a lot of people walk away from that and they're like i didn't get anything out of that I'm like, well <laughs> actually you did yeah right plus i mean even if let's say that we could do what that person did, we didn't. Absolutely. Right? You know, so there's and no. And go home and do it then. Yeah, go and home and do try it. Try to tell me that you don't or... have some kind of like emotional experience, and maybe not emotional outright, where you feel like you're totally moved and it's going to be this impactful memory. But I mean, in this practice of trying to make that thing that you saw, you know, you're doing creative problem solving, you're working with materials, you're using your hands, there's Mm -hmm. cognitive and motor skills. I mean, there's all this stuff that's happening, which is 
in my opinion, a really big part of art. Yeah. And as related to mental health. Sure. And in fact, that kind of leads right into this research study that I saw that um, they, they studied 700 people. And if people participated in the arts, whether that's observing, appreciating, or whether that is making. participating, mm-hmm. uh, making, then their um, sense of mental health, like they're feeling a strong sense of mental health and happiness was increased for just two hours a week. Mm-hmm. So that just shows that even that small participation or going to visit a museum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. once a week mm-hmm. can make a huge impact on your mental health. Yeah. First of all, I love, like when you just said, just going to see a museum or go see an art show two, like once a week for two hours, <laughs> for some reason I was just like, that sounds so amazing. Why don't I do that more often? Like, why don't we do that more often? Right. Um, and also that it can be anything, art, music, experiencing music, dancing, something like this, but that that has, oh my God, I'm losing my train of thought. How could that even be? How could you get distracted right now? I don't understand <laughs> how you might be able to be distracted. Um, uh, I think that the the bigger point that I was thinking about making was just the fact that me like visualizing myself doing that and anything you said, whether it was going to an art show, my biggest thing right now is knitting um, whenever I have time, that kind of creative outlet, that kind of creative making outlet um, really just gave me this like sense of relief, the sense of like enjoyment like I would really enjoy that uh-huh. and then just that just thinking about it like lowered this like my stress like I could feel this kind of anxiety level like lowering because after you walk out of an art show I my personal opinion most of the time even unless you just really had a bad experience if it like disturbed you or some you know like right you really yeah, sure it bothered you of what you're looking at for more or less even if you walk into a show and it's all stuff that you go i can make that i still think that it's almost impossible to not leave with a elevated sense of mood elevated sense of uh creativity um especially if you, th- you think like oh i can make that well you are a th- visualizing yourself being creative then yeah, yeah. whether you realize it or not, that's that, what you're yeah. doing in that moment so i think all of this is is um proof of art supporting good mental health mm-hmm. that's my point that i wanted to make yeah no that's a great point i'm glad you made it do you have notes over there i do of course i have notes i was hoping you'd bring some notes <laughs> i think that's the biggest part um that i the, the biggest point i also wanted to make is you know getting over this barrier of I'm not an artist I can't do that I can't make art and it's really not the point of the product it's the point of doing it and that it can be anything you know painting drawing photography um Adult coloring books, like adult coloring books, have adult coloring come into uh, popularity the last five to ten years exactly exactly. Um, and it's all based on this, you know, proven research that um, two hours a week. You're gonna two have hours a week. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. we go. Full circle. We got somebody like yeah. If somebody's looking for some structured something to take away from this, it's yeah. hey, spend two hours a week doing some sort of art. Fill in the blank. Yeah. yeah. 
And that that art doesn't have to be this elevated experience where you have an easel set up and you're wearing like a beret and you're drinking <laughs> coffee and you're, right. you have the perfect sunlight coming from the north and you know you're you're doing oil paintings. Sure, it's no. not that at all. I mean, literally, the, there are studies about doodling and how that can um, help you that focus. Is included, yeah. and it's really cre- it's really exercising that creative muscle in your yeah. brain. I think is a lot of it, yeah. and then connecting with someone else because mm-hmm. you're if you see their work you're mm-hmm. feeling some sort of connection with them mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like secondary things rather than just the right the basic art right. piece of it that's going on there right and the product is getting outside of yourself so, so if you're feeling kind of depressed then you're yeah at that point you're thinking about something other than how bad your situation is right yeah so that can yeah redirecting mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's all kinds of like secondary things that create the the value there and that the product is not is is you know really really not important in the grand scheme of the function of art in this context sure so you know i think there's a lot of barrier to people you know i can't do whatever because i'm not whatever i'm not a musician i'm not a dancer i'm not an artist but it's really not about that Mm -hmm. in this context yeah no not at all it's just Practicing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had seen some, like, I don't know, ABC headline, whatever news story that um, was talking about how um, businesses are actually bringing in, like, for example, a knitter to um, do this, like, team building exercise where they yeah. teach the team how to knit something I saw really this. small. Yeah, basic, I think it was like, like a, maybe NBC Today show or yeah, something. It was something, something like, like that. Yeah. And how you know you everyone talked about how they were really apprehensive at first they're like oh that's too difficult i can't do that and then you know just the act of learning it and doing it and then doing this with other people around you and you know experiencing this kind of vulnerability about Mm. where you're learning a new skill and a totally new craft and and then really having such a positive experience about it especially when you're in a group setting then it's a positive you know team building sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. when you can look back and say oh i did that yeah And it really, like, the product is so secondary to the experience. I mean, even when everything that turns out is, you know, not totally square, not very even stitches, whatever. I mean, it really doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. you had this thing that you created. Yeah. And, and like, that profound sense of creation is so much stronger than the, uh, the relevance of the product. 100% 100% agree. Yeah. Great point. The last thing that maybe want to emphasize is just the the making of art that develops our the functions of our brain that can help us think better and so also just have more clarity in our thoughts and visualize things better so even just meal planning or you know long-term family planning or you know weekend mm-hmm. planning um, that it just helps these um, like the the act of making art not only lowers stress levels, but it helps our brain work better. So right. it helps other parts of our lives indirectly or mm-hmm. really directly by the way of um, the way that our brain kind of functions by, you know, these kind of creative problem solving mm-hmm. ac- exercises, activities that really, um, yeah, apply to all other, other parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think we said this somewhere inside our conversation, but I like to get working definitions of things that I talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I don't know that I directly did that, but within the scope of our discussion, I think at some point it was brought up that art really is just exercising that creative part of our brain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whether So participating, it's more of an obvious, you can see how that has, requires creativity. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. whenever you're looking at it, there's also a sense of creative appreciation because you're you know mm-hmm. saying, how does that affect me the way it does? Mm-hmm. Just kind of noticing that feeling that it gives you mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. opens that piece of your brain rather than the... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like emotional intelligence, yeah, kinds of right, yeah, kind of develops of that emotional piece of you, yeah, that is um, important, and we don't always open up as much as we should, probably. Mm. Yeah, I think just we don't allow ourselves to have that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you know we're so such a busy, rushed society, at least in Western culture, kind of the, the way that I relate to it. Yeah. Even when you do get a chance to go to a museum. It's hardly, it hardly happens that you do take the moment, like you said, your experience, to actually just sit there and enjoy it. You might see something that you like and then move on because you have 10 other things to do in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. But We just, just don't make time for it. Like yeah. anything else that we say we're too busy to do, we yeah. just don't make time for it. Yeah, like if we exactly. didn't make an appointment to make this podcast today, we wouldn't have made it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, unlikely. It's right? unlikely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Every appointment I make with any client, if we don't yeah. make a time for them to meet, we yeah. would probably never meet. Yeah. So we, yeah. we have to do the same thing as far as other things in our yeah. life. This is one of. Yeah. We're going to well, end with a Justin Lewis soapbox just for you, Stacey. <laughs> Yay! If we did not make specific time to yeah. do something, then yeah. we're never going to do it. Yeah. And, and allowing wrong yourself with it. to really uh, prioritize that. Sure. Because some people, I think, feel guilty about. Self-care. And yeah. that this definitely falls under that. Um, yeah, in a, no doubt. In a much more profound way than getting a massage or... You know. I just had the idea while we are in this discussion about going to your old museum yeah. throughout the week from yeah. time to time, taking yeah. some of my free time, blocking off some time during my day and going yeah. over there and walking through the exhibit. Especially since you're a member. Especially since I'm still a member. Yeah. <laughs> you, even yeah, though no, you're not there. Yeah. No, even though it's no longer you yeah. as the director, executive director, <laughs> still a member. Good. So thank you so much for coming uh, here all the way from Germany yeah. to do this podcast. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're Thanks my furthest traveled guest <laughs> that I've ever had, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. I can say that pretty pretty much without thinking, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, um, yeah, thank you again. Yeah, always a pleasure. Just a reminder, this is not a substitute for therapy. For personalized therapy, find our contact information through our website, compasscounselingky.com. If you like the show, please tell a friend. It's the best way for us to reach more people. Mapping Healthy Minds is made possible by Compass Counseling. I'm licensed marriage and family therapist, Justin Lewis. We all have mental health. How's yours?